Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. All right, awesome. This is episode number two of the Abundant Life Podcast. Uh, hopefully, you know, this is Sasso and we have Ben Ariano with you. Oh, easy oh. on that. Easy on the R, bro. <laughs> you got to roll that. <laughs> and I uh, just wanted to kind of just keep it light for a little bit. And uh, Ben and I were able to get some tacos this week. And uh, funny how I didn't eat any tacos, but we did go to a taco stand. Uh, I have a hard time not eating tacos on a day that's not Tuesday. Uh, but we had a good time <laughs> and uh, a place I had never been how, how many times have you been there, Ben? Oh, dude, dozens of times. But, but bro, like, I, I got a question for you because you know, it's funny. My kids do this. You know, we, we go to, like, a high-end Mexican restaurant, and, and, you know, they order a burger. I'm like, dude, we're at a Mexican restaurant. So, like, how do you not get tacos at the taco shop, bro? Because <laughs> I listened to a guy that was behind me, and uh, he, I think he gave me bad advice. Oh, and, man, uh, dude. You should have you watched the guy in front of you because the guy in front of you got, you know, he, he loaded it up, you know, tacos pastor and, and, and tacos asada, man. And, you know, that's the good stuff. There's like a half a dozen tacos I saw you load your plate up there with. <laughs> Easy now. And the guy behind me, I don't know, he got a quesadilla. I don't even think quesadilla is Mexican food. I don't know what that is. It's kind of a hamburger. If you went to Mexico, they'd be like, uh, what is this? <laughs> so maybe I, I should listen to you next time I get the, uh, the taco. But all honesty, I had double booked myself on Tuesday with some friends, and I went to Cafe Rio twice that day. So I had plenty of tacos the day before. So, oh, there you go. But there they're not go. real tacos; they're kind of Texan tacos. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I I love street tacos. That's probably one of my favorites. I mean, my wife knows this, and I could probably eat that five, six, maybe every day, maybe every day of the week, at least, at least once, man. And, you know, so you don't need a Tuesday to go eat tacos. Man? No, I don't need a Tuesday, but the, the cool, the good thing about Tuesday, man, is most, most taco shops. I mean, they offer discounts on Tuesdays, man. So, you know, I'm all about, I'm all about cheap, bro. You know, I hear so. you. I mean, I spent 15 bucks that day. I got like a quesadilla and a vampiro. I don't even know what that is. And a drink and it cost me 15 bucks. Yeah, man. I tell you what, this, uh, this whole COVID thing, man, that the taco prices even went up, man. It even affects tacos, which is Dude, that's just that's just wrong. That's a sin. Uh, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what's what's the topic for today, man? All right, man. We'll get into Psalms one here, and uh, I, I love this passage. And uh, I know you have some great thoughts on a couple of verses here that we're going to focus on, but uh, just a great passage in Psalms one that speaks to me, and I think that's why we both chose to go with this one uh, for the second episode. But uh, well, let's go ahead and get into it, and I'll start with the verse one here, and we'll kind of talk about it and. Uh, amazing psalm here psalm in itself the psalms are amazing and it, it does not disappoint with the first one here uh verse one says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor seateth in the seat of the scornful um i think i just broke down this verse and just kind of thought about it in, in pieces here and i said blessed is the man that does what so what is the what is he what does the blessed man not do um it's not so much as what he does or not do, but what he chooses not to do. So there's times where we have to say no to things, not necessarily say yes to things. Um, so one thing, he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Um, so basically, he does not hang around those who do not follow God. And even as Christians, ungodly doesn't take very it doesn't take us very much to be ungodly. Uh, there's even Christians, even myself, where I'm in that category, I'm godly, not even noticing it. Um, but he chooses his friends wisely, so he's not hanging out on the on the street corner. He's not hanging out with people that do not follow God or are blasphemous towards God. Um, he's definitely choosing to walk on a different path than them. Uh, what else does he do not, does not do? Um, he does not stand with sinners. 
Um, he doesn't hang out with him. That's his basic. I mean, there's no, obviously we're going to have friends in this world that are sinners. That's because we're all sinners. Um, but that's not predominantly who he hangs out with. He's not getting advice from these guys. He's not um, saying, hey, what do you think about this? He's seeking the word of God for that, for his, for his understanding. Uh, and I think of this one, he does not sit in the seat of the scornful. Um, I think of the seat of the scornful. I think of Second uh, Kings uh, 2.22 uh, verses. I think it's 22 and 25 verses here where you have these two kids where Elisha's walking by and uh, they basically call him. I, maybe I didn't realize Elisha was uh, had a thing about being bald, and uh, they said, "Hey, bald man!" Uh, I mean, we had a teacher in high school, and we used to call him Pelon, which means you know, no hair. And uh, we used to call <laughs> it behind his back, and he would catch us sometimes. He'd get oh, mad, man. and I think they call this uh, Elisha. You know, if they were you know, the Mexican kids, they may call him Pelon, but they called him a hey, bald man. And he didn't like it. They said it twice, so I don't know. Maybe he didn't hear him the first time, or they thought it was so funny that they said it again. But he turned around and cursed them. Mm. Uh, he didn't take too kindly to it. And uh, two, you know, two she-bears came out and handled their business with these two little boys. And when I think of scorner, that's what I think of. Someone that just is a mock, mocks people that do right or just mocks mm. religion. Um, treats God's word with disdain. Just, uh, it even happens to us as Christians. You know, Sometimes we, people start talking and, and we get jealous of their testimony because we're not doing right. And we just, uh, look at that guy again talking about God. Um, that's what I think about. I think if someone's arms folded, you know, thinking, hey, I'm better than that. I don't need God. Um, and just as these kids called Elisha, you know, Belon or ball-headed man, uh, that's, that's what I think of when I hear of someone that sits in the seat of the scornful. Yeah, no, and, 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 and that just sat, to me, that just sounds like today's world. I mean, you see this happening all over social media. Um, you know, I, I, I'm scrolling through Twitter, you know, and, and – uh, I like Twitter better than, than Facebook. Facebook has just gotten to be pretty bad. And, and so, but you still see it and, and you see this, this type of attitude, you know. Um, but I think it's interesting here, you know, you look at the, the dissension here, you know, you, you go from walking to standing to sitting. And I thought that was interesting, you know. Um, you know, it made, me, it made me think, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I, I'm involved with teen ministries. And, and one of the most heartbreaking things for me is to see uh, kids grow up in the church only to graduate high school and then they drop off the map. It's like, where, mm. where'd they go? Um, I was, I was kind of looking up some, some statistics last night and according to Lifeway research, 66% of teenagers drop out of church between the ages of 18 to 20. And I think, or maybe it was wow. 18 to 22 wow. for at least a minimum of a year. Now of those 66%, only 30% return. So not, not 30% entirely, but 30% of the 66%. Mm. Okay, so so when you think of this, you know, the walk, stand, sit, you know, I, I think of, you know, I think of kids, I think of teenagers. And, and so, um, you, you know, they, these kids, they, they graduate and, and then they go off and they go to work or they go to school. They go to maybe they go to college. Maybe it's maybe it's a secular college. I don't know, you know, and, and they're so they're what are they doing? They're they're, they're walking among, you know, just like the verse says, you know, um, among the wicked, they're walking among these people and these people, what are they doing? They're, 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 they're influencing them. Mm. And then, and then you see that, that they began to, to stand. So we go from, from walk to stand. Now, now these, these kids are standing with these, these people they are engaging now, you know, they're engaging with these people cause they're standing with them. And then, and then it goes to the, to the last uh, position, which is sitting, which is the worst one because now they've, they've converted or they've planted themselves 
you know, we're going to talk about planting a tree here in a minute, but now they've, they've planted not close to the, to the water, to the living water. They've planted themselves far off. And, and now they're sitting, not just with the sinners, but now they've themselves become the scoffer. They're sitting in the seat of the scorner mm. or the scoffer. And just like Sasso mentioned, you know, these are the ones that are just scoffing at the at those that are doing righteous. You know, they're the ones making fun of the the Christian, the Bible thumpers and the and the holier than thou art people, you know. And, and so it's it's um, it's just this really sad progression that I've you know, that I that I've seen uh, over the years is, is, you know, being a part of the teen ministries. Now, makes me think of a couple of verses just want to share with you. James 4, 4 says you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Think about that for a minute. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I mean, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an enemy of God. Yeah. I mean, that, that, mm. that's frightening. I mean, people, uh, I don't think they take that seriously. I mean, uh, being an enemy of God, that's, I, I don't know, that's like, a, that's like having a death wish. I don't know. You know, I think of First uh, John two fifteen through sixteen says, uh, uh, "Love not the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes the, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away mm. along with its desires. But whoever does the will of the Father abides forever." And I think of that. You know. We, we keep, you know, looking around and there's just so much corruption, evil, wickedness in this world. And, and, and you know, you can't help but think, man, this, this world is, is passing away. It's, it, there's nothing that this world has to offer. It's just, it's passing away and, and it's not going to get better. It, it's not. And it's not that I'm, you know, one of these, oh, I've lost all hope or I'm a, I'm a defeatist or something like that. This is what the scripture says. That's right. And, and you know what? I, in, a, in a sense, I'm glad because it keeps my eyes on Jesus because I'll tell you what, I know the world has nothing to offer me. I don't want any part of it. You know, my Savior is in heaven. My Savior Amen. is not in Washington, D.C. My Ooh. Savior is not, Ooh. you know, uh, the governor of, of Arizona. My Savior is in, it, not anywhere other than in heaven right now. And, and, and my eyes, I mean, it, that's, that's just I want to keep my focus on Jesus. I know, I know maybe sometimes I don't, maybe sometimes I take my eyes off, but that's where my eyes need to be. And that's where I, where I really, you know, put effort on, on keeping my focus on Jesus. Well, Ben, on some things there, I think uh, I should have brought my still toe boots. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not wearing sandals today. I, I upgraded my shoes to be covered, <laughs> but my toe stepped on a little bit over there. And I think uh, many times that's what we do. We put our faith in, in people and mm-hmm. not in God. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to verse two. Uh, verse one, we looked at things that the blessed man does not do. And, and that word blessed there is, is a happy man. Um, and when you're blessed by God, you are definitely happy um, in him. Uh, verse two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Mm. Uh, this is a powerful verse. I know Ben's going to expound on, on this a little bit more. Um, but what are, so what are some things a blessed man does? He delights in the law of the Lord. I thought about this. Have you ever delighted in something? I asked my kids and my wife, I go, what do you think something I delight in? I was hoping they would say, God, you know, you're a spiritual person. But they were honest. And uh, they, there's a sale from uh, Nordstrom that comes out every July. And it's my favorite sale in all the year, of all the year. And I, I wait for it. And uh, Rebecca said, I, I would say the Nordstrom sale. And uh, <laughs> recently we went on staycation. And the, we planned the first one of the days of the staycation was the day I could actually go to the store and shop. So we put that day, and I was all excited to go. I had my wish list all put out. And so I asked Nate, and he said the exact same thing. He said, the Nordstrom sale, you have a wish list. And uh, I know I'm silly, but right now on my phone I have notes. If you want my wish list, I'll send it to you. 
but that's something I delight in and uh, just something that I think about and um, I, I, I like. But honestly, we should, that should not be my main focus and my main delight. Um, as he said, my delight should be in the law of the Lord. Mm. Um, and when I delight in the law of the Lord, that's that, what that means is I'm meditating on the, on the law of the Lord day and night. So I'm not thinking about uh, politics. I'm not thinking about uh, where I'm going for dinner, if I'm eating tacos that night. But I'm thinking about the law of the Lord. I'm thinking about the word of God. So I would ask you here, what, what do you meditate on? What do you often daydream about? What, where do your hopes and, you know, lie? Uh, what are you fixated upon? Um, what captivates your thoughts? I think of when we were on our anniversary, we are on our staycation, there's a restaurant we really like. I know we talk about, a lot about food here. And I was thinking about <laughs> then, that restaurant. <laughs> I was thinking about that restaurant for four or five days. I was thinking like, what am I going to have the ribs? Am I going to have the flying chicken sandwich? Am I going to have the hamburger? <laughs> and I just kept thinking about that. And I was thinking about that for days. Um, but honestly, I, I told myself while I was preparing for this podcast, hey, do I do this with the word of God? Mm-hmm. Am I thinking about a passage that God laid on my heart or in my Bible reading, something that he gave to me? And four or five days later, am I saying, hey, that's good. I got to meditate on that. So that's kind of where I'm convicted in this verse here, Ben, that I'm not delighting mm-hmm. as I should. Yeah, and you know, I was, I was, I was just thinking, you know, are we gonna, are we gonna post that Nordstrom wish list on the show notes? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's no, that's good stuff, man. I mean, if I'm honest too, do I delight in the law of the Lord all day? No, I, I probably don't. I probably have, you know, things that I'm thinking about. I know, you know, I, I have a a business that I run out of my house, and, and a lot of my focus goes to that during the day. And and you know, I'd, I'd really like to get to a point, you know, where I am really, you know just thinking on the law of the Lord or thinking on his word or just meditating on the scriptures or, or even just, you know, when I have little small, you know, problems that come up that I would just immediately turn to the Lord and think, Lord, can you help me with this? Or, you know, just be in, in, in almost in constant communication, just like the apostle Paul says, you know, you know, uh, pray without ceasing. Um, but I love, I love verse two because in a sense uh, to me, uh, it's the key to the Christian life. You know, when I when I read that verse, I think to myself, man, how how can I be like this man that delights in the law of the Lord? Just like Zaso mentioned, you know, but but there's the answer. It's right there. It says he meditates on God's law day and night, Amen. you know, and, and I briefly met, you know, mentioned some things about meditation in the last episode. But I really think it's it's essential to the Christian to to really meditate on God's word. Um, you know, if we look at, uh, you know, the, the Merriam-Webster def- definition for meditation, it says it's to engage in contemplation or reflection. So it, basically it means to think or constantly think about something, you know, reflect on or, you know, just um, kind of have that in the forefront of your mind throughout the day, you know. Um, and it really makes me think of Psalm 119. I love Psalm 119 mm-hmm. because you'll see the psalmist who meditates on God's word and his testimonies and his laws and his precepts and his statutes and his commandments, you know? So, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like Sasso said, so what should we, what should we be meditating on? And are we meditating? You know, and I thought of a couple of verses here, you know, thinking of uh, Joshua one eight, where he says the, the book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night Amen. so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have good success. You know, we think about success, you know, you know, in business or, you know, climbing that ladder. But what does biblical success look mm. like? It means that we're obedient to God's word, that we're Amen. trusting in him fully, that our faith 
uh, is pleasing to God. Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Mm. So what are you, what are mm. you thinking about? What are you rolling through your mind throughout the day? I mean, I know there's times in, you know, Sasso and I, we talk about food a lot and that's because I, I, I love food too. Hmm. I love going out to eat. I love fellowshipping. I love breaking bread with my brothers. Um, but you know, oftentimes, you know, I'm thinking about that, you know, I'll be at my desk and I'm working and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to go have tacos here after, Ooh. you know, and it's just, it gets me thinking, you know, and, and I like it, but, uh, we should be, we should be thinking about, about the Lord throughout the day. Yeah. And, I, and I realize you have to, you, you can't focus, you can't focus on multiple things simultaneously. I know our brains aren't, uh, able to do that despite what they say about, you know, uh, what, what do they call, what's the term when they, uh, multitasking, multitasking. Or? Yeah. I, I, you know, and see, I couldn't even think of the word while I was trying <laughs> while I'm trying to, you know, look at my notes here. <laughs> I couldn't multitask right now, but you know, Colossians three twelve says, you know, set your minds on things that are above and not on things of the earth. And then the last verse that I have here, Psalm one nineteen eleven says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So these, these scriptures are very important because, because it helps us not to sin. It helps us to, you know, uh, just like the scripture says, to work out your salvation with trembling and fear. You know, we're God's workmanship unto good works. But if we don't read the scriptures, if we don't have that stored in our hearts, how are we to know to even do this or what to think about when, when, when consequences or when trials or testing comes? How do we know how to react and how to, how to behave when, when those things come about? Amen. I mean, and just going just to finish up this verse, too, I, I also feel like if we're meditating on the word of God, that maybe we're not thinking about it at that moment, but something trial comes into our life or a problem comes in or somebody reacts to us in a way that is not what we would like to be reacted to that meditating comes up because we've been focusing on it. And I think our response is filtered by God's oh, word. Oh yeah. And that's what we get from meditating on God's word. So Absolutely. Just, I, I agree with that. Very good on the meditating. Um, so just going into verse three, what are the results of meditating upon God and walking not in the counsel of the ungodly um, so here we have in verse three, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his, le- in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Um, these are blessings from almighty God, riches that this world cannot give, uh, not riches such as uh, maybe the nicest car, the nicest things of life that we would think of, things that we can hold, but things that we cannot hold. Um, what God prospers, no man can come between. I think of when I used to go fishing as a little kid with my dad and we would catch fish and we would always be out by this tree and this tree had it you could see the roots in the water and that tree was greener than green it was full of chlorophyll and uh, that's what i think about like man i want to be green and as a christian mm. planted in those rivers oh yeah um it just it was just flourishing because it was immersed in the water and when we do things that are godly when we when we delight in the law of the lord this is what our christian life will look like uh, the source of our spiritual roots are tapped into the everlasting water that mm. never dries up. Yes. And we know, as by example, as you said, love not the world because we know the world will pass away. When we put those roots in the world, our tree suddenly, like you're going to talk about next here in the Arizona sun, just withers away. Um, I remember just running today and I was going through dead things. They were just dead bushes. There was really nothing that was alive. As you know, we're going through a, a, a heat season right now. And definitely being immersed in God is something that flourishes, fulfills, grows, is green. And we're going to get into the other parts of what happens when you're not. But that's what I think of when I think of these the blessings of God, how we're, how we're planted with God and what he does in our lives to bless us. Yeah, no, that's that's such a good example. You know, and, and you know, Sasso and I, but we both live in 
in uh, sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and, and the, the weather phenomenon here is pretty interesting because it's, it's hot. And so, uh, you know, Sauce was talking about all this chlorophyll. It's like we have no fill here. <laughs> There's no fill, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's funny because I, it's funny. I just literally got off the phone with a, a senior saint uh, from our church just, you know, maybe about an hour ago. And I was talking to her on the phone and she was telling me, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, Ben, um, I've got these, these cactus uh, growing in my front, front yard. And she's like, this is the first year that I actually have to water my cactus. She's like, and they're dying. And I'm thinking, that's sad. Like, like who has to water cactus? I've never heard of that before. I, I know. I know. It's, 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 wow. it's, it's pretty interesting. But, but again, and, and why is that? I mean, here in Arizona, you know, you see, um, you see we, sometimes we get these big, huge storms. They're called haboobs. And, and what that is, it's just a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a big storm that comes through, but it's mostly wind. And what these, these windstorms do, they, they actually pull trees out of the ground. They deroot these trees. And you got to look at those trees and some of them are pretty big trees, you know, right. but why is that? It's because the, the, the roots, they don't get any depth because the, the, the ground is dry and it's hard, you know, and, and so a tree that is, you know, that's watered, you know, it's, or it's close to water, it, it grows deep roots. And so it's the same thing with Christians, you know, who, who are grounded in God's word. Again, kind of going back to the meditation thing, you know, so when the storms and the trials and the temptations of life, they come, the believer is not moved and his faith is not shaken. Amen. I mean, believe it or not, but we can experience peace and joy during trials. You think of, you know, the apostle Paul and Silas. I mean, they were singing praises to the Lord in prison. I mean, Amen. they, they had just got beaten and, and they were in prison at midnight. They were singing praises to God. I think of Isaiah 26, three it says you, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Again, going back to meditation, mind is stayed on you. Amen. You know, Romans eight, five through seven. It says, for, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live in according, according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life in peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, mm. for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Again, going back to the mind, look at how many times I referenced the mind in those verses. You know, not only will you receive the blessing of being planted by the water with deep roots, but you will also bear fruit. Mm. And Amen. so another, another verse, uh, uh, actually a couple of verses here, John, John 15 through, uh, 15, seven through eight. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this. My father is glorified that you bear much mm. fruit. Amen. And so prove to be my disciples. Cause it says you will not only just be planted by the water, but as he meditates and delights in God's word, he's going to bear fruit. And so, I mean, as a, as a Christian, this is, this is kind of what we're here for. I mean, we're God's workmanship unto good works. I mean, there, we should be bearing, we should be bearing fruit, fruit of the spirit. Amen. man. On, on that, I just think of that's what God wants us as Christians to bear fruit. And we look at verse four of something that doesn't bear fruit. So we have a contrast here in verse four of the ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft, which the wind driveth away. Um, we have a contrast of people who do not follow God and goes his own way. And I would say most of the world is in this category of not following God. Mm -hmm. We would, I think a lot of people think they're religious um, and they think they're following God, but God's standard is, is not met in that when they do things that are ungodly. And then this verse says the God, ungodly have no roots. They're not planted by anything of value. Um, they're, they're basically the chaff, which is worthless. I mean, at one point, the chaff is part of the wheat. But at one, another point, it gets separated very quickly because it's 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 worthless. It's not used for anything. It has no value, um, and the wind easily takes it away. 
um, they always tell you if you don't, you know, when you're young, you have to learn to stand for something or you'll be taken by everything. And that's very true here spiritually is that we have to be grounded in the word of God or we'll be like the shaft just kind of going our own way, taking every which way. Um, Because at one point, I mean, we think that we're part of the wheat, but when God comes, he's going to separate us and we're going to know that we are his or not. Um, And we're going to be separated by when he comes, he'll separate the shaft from the wheat. I think of just on, on my garage floor and we have a, in our house, we bought this little vacuum cleaner that our neighbor told us about on Amazon. And it was like, I don't know, it was a good deal one day. So Rebecca bought it. And um, we had somebody, we have somebody clean our house. So the house is fairly clean, what we thought. And uh, this little thing goes, runs every morning. And whenever I'm on a call at work or a conference call, they, you know, on a, in a meeting, it just seems to camp out in my bedroom. It drives me nuts. Uh, when I'm not on the phone, it just, it goes everywhere else in the house. But every day, uh, that thing is full of dirt. And I said, man, we are some dirty people. Uh, but we, you know, we don't keep that dirt. Every day we empty out that tray and throw it away because it's not good for anything. And I think of the ungodly, and that's what happens. And mm. they're just driven away, just yeah. deposited, because it's, the living for this world is really worthless and empty. Yeah, well, it also has dirt on the garage floor. But let me tell you about my lawn this year. <laughs> okay, so we're trying to grow a lawn here in Arizona. It's not the easiest thing, okay? You know, so, you know, you have a you know, a winter lawn and you have a summer lawn. Well, in the spring, you know, you're trying to bring back, you know, resurrect from the dead, your, your, <laughs> your summer lawn, you know? So, you know, I applied some, some fertilizer, some miracle grow, whatever, you know, adding lots of water. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I couldn't get this grass to grow and it would grow a little bit. Like some parts were green, but it was mostly just yellow. And, and, uh, finally got to the point where I just, I shut the water off because I was just, my water bill was going through the roof and I, <laughs> man, my backyard was still ugly, you know? So, you know, <laughs> and it got to the point where the, where the grass was just, you know, what I call hard and crunchy. I mean, it was just yellow and <laughs> dried up, That's not good. you know? So, um, but it just reminds me of, 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 you know, of the, what we're talking about here, the shaft, you know, it reminds me of the, of the leftover, you know, dried threshing that, you know, the, the farmers tossed to the ground, you know? Uh, back in the Old Testament, you know, and and, and it, the wind would just come and just just blow that away, you know. And, and I guess I'm 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 just waiting for the wind to blow my yellow crunchy grass away. But <laughs> but, uh, but John fifteen six says this. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. And again, you know, you know, John fifteen. It's it's talking. It's the uh, the abide the abide in me chapter. Uh, and, and that's the whole point. We need to abide in, in, in the Lord. And I think that's, that's it's kind of a parallel to the tree planted by the water. I mean, uh, we're not going to grow unless we're, we have, you know, that living water, unless we have the, the source. I mean, we're, if we're not connected to the source, then we don't have life. Amen. In verse, in verse 5, we'll go to verse 5 here. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Uh, at some point, the ungodly are going to be separated from the righteous. I think of Matthew twenty five thirty, and the Bible says, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think of a time where Ben will get into this a little bit here in, in his portion of where we'll, we'll be separated. Um, God mm-hmm. will separate the ungodly from the godly, and um, we will not be able to stand. And I, and I think of the just how we think the ungodly are successful in life and we sometimes become jealous and i think of you know people uh, celebrities that are ungodly that are seems to be living their best life mm-hmm. but we know that that's not true blessings that god's blessings are totally totally different and everlasting um but there's going to be times where they're going to be cast out i think of Re- i'm doing rebecca for she's going to graduate fairly soon here and 
Um, she wanted a table, so we got a table, and I went to my. I have no idea how to do anything wood wise. Well, that's that goes for a lot of things in life, but this particular <laughs> thing is the table. And uh, my neighbor was, and my dad were trying to help me, and my dad bought me a sander, and uh, I think he's he likes when I do things because he feels like I listen somewhat when I was a kid when he's trying to teach me these, you know, man things of how to create things. So he got me the sander, and I had no idea what to do, and uh, I did a you know 150 grit. Who knows what that means? And then <laughs> then you got to use a 220 grit. I just think it's harder. I think I have no idea. This is putting words out there. I don't, I don't I have no idea. So I did it, and I asked. And I was asking my neighbor, and he's looking at me like, "Why are you asking me? It's pretty basic. Like you should know what to do." And I I don't. So I sanded the table, and um, you really can't see that dust on that table. You really can't. And he said, you got to get all that dust off. And he blew it off. He vacuumed it off. And I couldn't tell you a whole layer of dirt just went away, went, mm, went of the way. Yeah. And when I think of this, the ungodly, that's a separation that I see from them in the judgment is they're going to be separated from us. And they're going to they're gonna look like part of the table, but they're not part of the table. Mm. And they're easily going to get blown off. And even now, he said, get a tack cloth. So I even got to get a tack cloth to separate them. God doesn't need a tack cloth, but there's going to come a day where the ungodly and the godly are going to be separated. Yeah, no, and that's and that's some of the, you know, uh, in scripture that's some of the scariest verses to me. I mean, not long yeah. ago I, I was reading a book, and I was I was sort of, I was honestly shaken. Uh, I was I was moved by a passage in Matthew because it, it you know when I was reading this book it just it challenged my heart, you know. Uh, and, and I'll read the verses here really quick, but uh, but I, I I mean in even reading these verses I know I'm saved, but even when I when I read these verses that I'm about to read I. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's weird. My heart sank and I'm like, wow, this is, this is real. And, and I, this is not something you, you take lightly. I mean, Amen. just because, you know, somebody sitting at church in, in listening to a pastor preach, it doesn't mean they're saved. That's right. You know? And so here, here's uh, Matthew seven, uh, 21 through 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Wow. And again, you know, when I heard, when I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I've, I've read these verses before, but for whatever reason, when I was reading this book, I was just really challenged and it made me really think. I mean, I didn't, I didn't question my salvation. I didn't think I, you know, had an insurance thing going on, but but it really just, it made me think, you know, because there are some people who have made, made a decision, you know, quote unquote, made a decision or made a profession of faith. Maybe they said a prayer. Maybe they, you know, they went to church and, you know, did some type of ministry work, but their faith in Christ was not genuine. And it's a reminder for Christians to confirm their calling yeah, and election, just like Paul says in Second Peter 1, you know, so, uh, you know, my challenge to you is, is make sure, make sure that you're saved. I'm not trying to make anybody question their salvation you know you're saved you know you're saved i mean it's based on right. god's promise right. it's based on god's word and what he said but all but, but but make your make your calling an election sure and but i think of a roller coaster that i go on in uh, disneyland and i was on that thing and i don't like roller coasters and uh, i've checked that bar 15 times to make mm. sure it was locked before oh, i yeah. shut off and that's what i think of here is that you, you better know if you have that relationship yes. with jesus christ yes. it's very important most important thing here you'll know in this life so let's go to verse six and the bible says for the lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish mm. so the lord knows who those are his so we can't fool god we can fool 
just as Ben said, we can sit in a pew and God's going to come and say, hey, I, I, I have no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a damning statement and something that, you know, just as Ben said, we should evaluate. But God knows who, who's are his. He knows what paths we're on and he knows what paths that we're not on. Uh, Psalms 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Um, I think of David in Psalms 139, verse 24, David prays to God to check his heart. He said, to see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think many times we want to lead our own way and ask God to bless us instead of saying, God, lead me in your way. Um, and David just said, hey, I'm going to be real here. I want you to check my heart. And I want you to see if there's any hidden sin that I have not confessed. Um, and yes. that, that's a good way to see if you're saved or not. Hey, God, search me, know me, Amen. Uh, just as David would say here, but mm. lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me the way that you'd have me to go. The everlasting way is the way that will never perish. It's never too late to turn course and change paths. So maybe you're this ungodly person right now, and you're doing things that are, will soon perish and walk away. Maybe you can't stand in the counsel of the ungodly, of the godly. But you can change that path. It's, not, it's very easy to simply change your mind. And we'll get into that next topic here in our next podcast about repentance. But truly, mm-hmm. what path are you on today? Are you on that path that's broad, that everybody's on to destruction? Or are you on the narrow path to that which is everlasting? Yeah, and it's a good question. I mean, and, you know, and, and I, those, those verses are also kind of, you know, kind of challenging because it says the narrow path, which is what? Difficult. Mm. And, and, you know, the Christian life when, you know, we... I'd like to tell people, hey, you know, if you become a Christian and you're, all your problems are going to be gone, I would love to be able to sell them that bill. But it's a, that's not true. Um, you know, in fact, you know, becoming a Christian might even impose more problems because like, you know, sometimes people lose family members or friends um, because they've chosen uh, to follow Jesus, um, you know, in his righteous path. Um, but anyway, I was, what, the, what these verses kind of made me think about was, was the story in Acts 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, you know, and, and if you guys remember the story that, you know, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they tried to pull a fast one mm-hmm. and, you know, they sold their property and, and they were, you know, going to bring this, you know, amount of money and lay it at the apostles feet. And um, they kept back a portion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, Peter called him out and said, why have you chosen to lie to the Holy Spirit? And and God, I mean, he, he zapped him dead. I mean, you know, so you, you cannot mock God. You, God will not be mocked. You know, Amen. he knows if you're righteous or if you're not. And it's not that we're righteous. It's that Christ is righteous in us. But he Amen. knows. And just like Sasso said, he can tell. He knows who who is saved, who is truly genuinely saved. He can tell who the who the difference is. Just like this, the, the, the example with the, uh, you know, sanding down the table. He's going to know exactly who's who. You know, um, Galatians 6, uh, 7 through 8 says, do not do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever one sows that will he also reap for the one who sows to his own flesh will reap. I'm sorry, Will, uh, let me read that again. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Mm, amen. So just to close it out here, just our, our, I have a couple questions for you that I ask myself. Are you living the abundant life God desires for you? Are you like the tree that's planted by the water bearing fruit for eternal rewards and gains? Are you like the chaff, which is easily driven away just as the, the, the table the, that I sent it off just blew away very easily? So just join us next time. We'll be discussing repentance, which is key to being on the correct path, the everlasting path. And yeah, just to just to wrap things up, um, you know, just like kind of the uh, the intro to our, our podcast. You guys have heard that a couple times now. You know, and, you know, we do want to challenge Christians to spiritual change and growth in this episode. 
what I'd like to do is challenge you to read Psalm 119. And what I want you to do when you're reading Psalm 119, I want you to notice the posture of the psalmist. Notice how, how the author is exhorting and encouraging God's people to diligently seek and meditate on God's word and effort to shape their character and conduct. So your challenge this week is to read Psalm 119 and be encouraged to meditate on God's word with the ultimate goal of making application to your life. And uh, one other thing I want to do um, is just, uh, there was a book that I read not long ago, um, and it was on this topic of meditation. I think one of the things that, you know, uh, we don't talk about is meditation. Why, why is that? Because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Eastern religion and new agey type stuff. And, and they're, they're doing yoga. this. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah. They're doing this type of meditation where they clear their mind and, you know, they, I don't know, they hum or I, I don't know what they do, <laughs> <laughs> but biblical, biblical meditation is not that. Okay. Biblical meditation is, is, is having your gaze upon, upon the Lord, thinking about his word, praying to God, even praying to God. I mean, you're thinking of him, you're, 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 you know, uh, having your posture positioned all the, all the day long, um, focusing on Jesus. And, and so this book, uh, it, it really kind of, uh, put things into perspective with meditation. Uh, the book is called the beauty of biblical meditation. I'll go ahead and put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but check it out. It's, it's fairly cheap. It's on Amazon right now. Uh, for about eight bucks or so. Yeah. Uh, it's a good book. Um, anyway, so want to thank you guys for uh, taking the time to listen, listen to the Abundant Life podcast. Please consider subscribing to the Abundant Life podcast and be sure to visit us at the Abundant Life. I'm sorry. Let me, let me redo that whole last part, man. <laughs> I had a bunch of blunders on that one. And I wanted to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Please consider subscribing to the Abundant Life podcast and be sure to visit us at AbundantLife.fm. And until next time, may God bless. We'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at AbundantLife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you.